Good morning and Boker Tov. It is so great to be back together again for another installment and episode of Living with Emuna, our support group that gets together and gathers on Wednesday mornings virtually and around the world to strengthen ourselves and one another in our attitude and approach, in our affirmation that Hashem is involved in our life. He's not just involved in our life, He is our life. And that our existence and our sustenance and our well-being and our future, that all that happens, none of it is random and chance. It is all by design. It is all from Hashem. And we are so grateful, so grateful. Our lives are filled and defined by an attitude of gratitude. We wake up in the morning and we don't see what isn't, we see what is. We're not worried about what will be. We're grateful for what we have. We don't look at what's half empty. We look at what's half full. And when you wake up with that attitude of gratitude, when you live your life with that appreciation and that focus and that context, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're fearful, no matter what you're waiting to hear results on, you have the fortitude because you know that your father's in charge. You know he's got your back. You know he's in control. And you know he's promised that he will be there for you. I want to thank our Emuna sponsors for the year. Thank you so much, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan, who sponsored the Zecher Nishmas in memory of our dear friend whose first year at site is coming up. Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbit, who certainly was a role model for so many of us in living a life of Emuna. This morning's class in particular as well is sponsored by Leo and Lucy D. of Efrat, Israel, in memory of Leo's great-grandfather, of Yehuda Halevi, whose Emuna led, him, led to him sending his son to a school where he learned the Nivrit in Riga in 1910 and ultimately to Aliyah some 100 years later. Kola Kavod, we're all going to be joining you. It's not a matter of if, but a matter, matter of when, when we all belong there, when we'll all get there. Thank you for your generosity and your, and your sponsorship. Before we dive back into what we've been studying, Rav Schwartz's Da'at B'tchonecha, know your bitacha, know that we have that within us. We have it within us. Chaye olam nata b'sochenu. We were learning last night in another context of how to be our best selves. That chaye olam, a life of immortality, a life of the contact with the next world, a life of meaning and purpose. The rest of it comes and it goes. The rest of us we can't control. Finances and health and so much else. All we can control and all we can create is meaning and purpose with what we have. That life, that chaye olam, it's nata b'sochenu. It is planted within us. That capacity for serenity, for peace, for calm, we all have it. We can tap into it. It's there. Don't tell me you can't. What can I do? I just have these thoughts. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm frazzled. I'm fearful. I'm envious. I'm angry. I'm arrogant. What can I do? Don't relinquish control of what you have. We each have the ability to control our own thoughts. We each create our own reality. We each take responsibility for the life that we are living. It's a choice that we make. Never, ever make that mistake. So many of these things are not emotions, they're choices. Happiness is not an emotion. Happiness is a choice. It's what you focus on will yield and bring that happiness. If you tap into meaning and purpose, again, last night we spoke about in this best version of yourself part two, we spoke about the studies that show that actually what brings happiness is not what activity you're doing, but how present and mindful you are in that activity. So you think, well, if only I had this spouse or these children, if I only had that money or that experience, if only I can go to that place, if only I could afford that food or this clothing, then I'd be happy. But right in front of us, that's not the secret to happiness. The secret to happiness is the capacity to be present and to draw and take all that we can out of life, the rich life that Hashem has given us. It is planted within us. But it's up to us to realize it, to peel back the layers, to reveal it, to live it to bring it out fully. That is something which is exclusively up to us. Before we delve back into what we're studying, I just have to tell you an amazing vort on our parsha that I'd love to share each and every year. The Apterov, the O of Yisrael, Ra'avim Yeshua Heschel, 
says about the parsha of the following: Matos Masa, you got a double whammy, two for the price of one this week, two parshios. And the Aptor of the Yov Yisrael says, we have in our parsha the Ir Miklat, the Are Miklat, an individual who kills by accident, an accidental murder, and the family of the victim is entitled to go pursue the person who perpetrated the accidental murder. So this is the original game of tag. If you go to home, then you're untouchable. So the person who perpetrated this accidental murder just has to make their way to one of the six cities of refuge, one of the six R.A. Miklat, and if you make your way to one of the six R.A. Miklat, you are untouchable there. Six R.A. Miklat, three in Israel proper, three east of the Yardane. That's the law of the city of refuge. And in that city of refuge, you find protection and security and comfort. You're untouchable there at least for the length of how long the Kohen Gadol remains alive, and then you go free. So the aptor of the Ovi Yisrael says, what do we do today? It's 2020, Tavshin Pei, when we feel pursued, when someone's threatening or chasing us. And by that, it could be somebody who's smearing us with lies on the internet, who's threatening us with saying we're Chayev Misa. It could be we're being pursued and chased by a virus, an invisible virus, which we're fearful or worried is at our doorstep or even in our home. What do we do when we feel threatened? Where do we go? We don't have our Ari Miklat. We don't have our cities of refuge. Says the Ovi Yisrael, the Aptorav, yes, you do. And you know what, that, what it's called? There were six Ari Miklat, and there are six words in Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Do you know where we go for protection? Do you know we go for safety and security? you know where we go for comfort to know someone has our back, that we're untouchable while we're there? We immerse ourselves in Hashem in accepting Hashem. Shema Yisrael. Speak to that pintle yid inside yourself. The pintle yid that's worried and fearful and anxious. The pintle yid who can't live in what is because they're worried what will be. Speak to Shema Yisrael. Listen up, yid. Listen up, Yisrael. Listen up, the Jew inside you. Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem is our God. Hashem Echad. There's a harmony to the universe. There's a oneness to the universe because it's all His will. The six words of Shema are the six Are Miklat where we run, where we immerse ourselves, where we find the very same feelings of safety and security that the Ir Miklat, that the Ari Miklat used to provide. They're not available to us today, but Hashem is always available to us today, yesterday, tomorrow, whenever and wherever we may be. Okay, let's delve back into... Let's delve back into our article. So just to remind you and give you a sense of context, what are we talking about? Where are we? Where are we? So Rav Schwartz has been developing the notion that there's an outer self and an inner self. And the outer self is defined by battles and struggles, by conflict. And the inner self is defined by peace and harmony, harmony and a serenity and a menuchas and nefesh in our lives. They're both true. Neither of them is a lie. There is a reality that we're battling. We're battling fatigue and lethargy. We're battling appetite and temptation. We're battling virus and illness. We're battling economic fallout. We're battle, 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 battle. All day long, it's true. But it's also true that there's an inner voice that says, inside us, who's able to look at this world with harmony and peace and say, whatever will be, will be. Bring it on. I'm not afraid because it's what Hashem has in store and designed for me. And though even day, even though every day brings new information and a new reality and throws me for a new loop that I didn't expect, so what? I'm going to take a deep breath, reaffirm that the breath of life that Hashem put in me and my trust and submit to Him. I'm going to let go and I'm going to ride this journey called life that He's going to take me through with so many stops. Also our parsha, 
Matos and Masai. Masai is all about the journeys the Jewish people took through the desert. And just like that 40-year journey had many stops, so too the journey of our life has many stops. And at each stop, I'm meant to gain something. At each stop, I'm meant to feel His presence. At each stop, He can be found. Throughout the whole journey that is your life, you can know Him. You can know Him in quarantine. You can know Him when you're out. You can know Him when all is well. You can know Him when you're struggling. You can know Him and find Him in each and every scenario and in each and every place. So I have that outer voice and that inner voice. And they're both a reality. And the question is, which one will I listen to? Which one will I turn up the volume on? Which one will I broadcast to myself and others? Which one will define me? And the way to cultivate this, this is where we last left off. I've got a real mug this time, not just a disposable cup. But I've got my cup of coffee. And we naturally and inherently will make and drink our cup of coffee and we don't even remember it. Because for us, it was a given. The kerig will work. I know that doesn't impress the coffee snobs out here. Nespresso, you grind your own coffee. I know we get some coffee snobs. I said kerig, and you can't even listen to my shirim anymore. It's nothing. I know, coffee snobs, I've been lectured countless times. I'm a simple yid. It's good enough for me, the kerig machine. So you press the button, and your coffee is produced, and my mug it's going to hold the coffee, and I will have the ability to lift it and drink it, and all the parts that go into the fact that there were pods, they were manufactured, they were shipped, they're not poisonous or contaminated, not going to kill me, the carrot didn't malfunction, it didn't break down, it didn't explode, and it didn't spill, the mug didn't shatter, it didn't break, it didn't spring a leak, my limbs and body and muscles work, I'm able to lift it to my lips, I didn't spill it all over my shirt, I haven't burnt myself on it, a million different things that I have to work about, drinking up a cup of coffee, and how many of them I ever thought about, contemplated, worried about? Zero. Nada, gurnished, nothing. Oh, taster's choice. Yeah, that's, that's even less than carrot. So how many have I ever thought about or hesitated with? Gurnished, nada, nothing. It's second nature to me. But if I stop and pause and think about all the things that need to go right in order to successfully drink a cup of coffee, then I'll just become paralyzed and debilitated because there are so many things that need to come right. So what gives me the faith? What gives me the confidence to know I could drink my cup of coffee? Because, because... I turn to Hashem implicitly. It's not an explicit thought process I go through, but implicitly I know that He is behind me and that could be taken away from me. And any day, God forbid, God forbid, my muscles or joints could break down, my neurons could stop firing or shooting so that my limbs will listen, my coffee can become contaminated, my mug can shatter or break, my curry could explode and start a fire. And why does none of that happen? Only because of the goodness and graciousness of God go I. And so implicitly in our lack of worrying, is the acknowledgement and affirmation, not just because of history that has shown me that none of those things happen, but the reason that history of none of those things happening is because of Hashem's guiding hand. And I trust it implicitly when I drink each cup of coffee, and I can continue to trust it implicitly with everything else and every other area of my life. And that is his theory, is that look at the things we don't worry about and use them as a model, use them as a springboard, use them as a precedent, and apply it to the other areas of our life that we do worry about. So he says the following. Once I posed it to you, all the things that need to go right in order for us to successfully drink a cup of coffee, and then I were to ask you, add them all up, put them all on a line. Let's contemplate. Again, if I were a teacher in a classroom with a whiteboard and you're students and we had time, we would go through and everybody would offer their suggestion of what it is and we'd list it on the, on the board and we'd go through it, right? And then we'd look at the bottom line. We'd put a line on the bottom and we'd say, good. So why am I willing to risk it and try to make and drink a cup of coffee? And I know this is a silly, absurd example, but I'm giving an exa- extreme example in order to be able to make our point. So if I put a line on the bottom of all those potential things that could go, worry, go wrong, that really we should worry about, 
And some of you are now never going to drink a cup of coffee again. I'm glad I added a new, a new uh, neurosis for you. Baruch Hashem. So what is the reason on the bottom line that I'm willing to drink that cup of coffee? I'm willing to take that risk. The answer is if we really went through this exercise to its end, I would say... How do I know it's not contaminated? How do I know it's not poison? How do I know it's not going to kill me? How do I know it's not going to spill and burn me? How do I know it's not going to go wrong? How do I know it's a risk worth taking? Because I trust in Hashem. Because I think all the parts of it that could go wrong will go right. Because Baruch has created a world in which, for the most part, those things have all gone right, and I believe they will continue to work. So just like implicitly, without thinking about without articulating, without reflecting on it, without having to meditate about it, I simply submit and trust and I'm willing to jump in for Hashem when it comes to making a cup of coffee. The same is true in the other areas of our life. Meshach azman, hakara zuholechas umizchadedas umizacheches eschitsonias hanefesh v'naasiz yotzer v'yoser muchshis. So what happens if I go through that exercise and every now and then I stop and I think about it and I contemplate it at my dinner table, I pose that question and I say, but we're not worried nonetheless because we trust in Hashem. And then I expand on that. And then I apply that to other areas and arenas of my life. And I say, just like I'm willing to take that risk and just like I'm willing to trust when it comes to the cup of coffee, the same is true in the other areas of my life which I panic and I fear and I sometimes get debilitated. Take the success, take the model, the paradigm of where it's working. You don't have to recreate the wheel. You don't have to start it from scratch. You don't have to instill a sense of amuna. Really, all areas of our life. I order the medicine, I pick it up from the supermarket, from the pharmacy, and I take it. And I'm not worried it's going to contaminate and I'm going to kill me. I order the fast food and I pick it up at the restaurant and I eat the takeout, and I'm not worried that it's going to kill me. I cross the street and I'm not worried that there are blind spots and I don't really trust myself and I can't see. I get in that car and I'm not worried that if I step on the brake it's going to fail. I get onto that plane and I know it's going to take me to the destination I'm not worried about what will be. There are literally thousands of choices we make a day which implicitly we are submitting and trusting. And if we go through the exercise to the ends, we will realize it's because we recognize that Hashem is behind them. So take those successful models, take those successful examples and realize that inside every one of us, inside each and every one of us is a voice of faith and a voice of trust and a voice of hope and a voice of optimism and a voice that is willing to take that leap and take that successful leap and apply it and leap elsewhere. But it takes the mindfulness, the self-reflection and self-awareness to every now and then pause and to say, why am I not worried that the roof is going to cave in on my head? Why am I not worried? And to go through it all the way till the end, till you get to, because there's a Rebun there's a God. And He created architects and engineers. And houses don't naturally fall on people's heads for no reason. And therefore, I can trust that mine won't either. But at the bottom line, at the end of that conversation, that formula is the Almighty, is the Rebona Shalom. And just like He's there when it comes to these other areas of my life, He can be when it comes to the areas I'm afraid of. You have to understand that it's not self-confidence and self-assuredness, and it's not because you trust yourself and your ability to do these things. When you get in the car, it's not just that you trust that you're going to be a good driver. You have to trust that the brakes and the gas are going to work too. And you're not in control of that. So when we feel self-assurance, self-confidence, when we feel that we're not battling and that there's no friction that's going to try to stop us, an obstacle that's in our way when it comes to driving that car or sipping that coffee, then we need to acknowledge and we need to realize and recognize that really what's the reason that we're able to achieve that? Because it's the Moor HaElokus, it is the divine spark in each of us. What we're trusting within ourselves is the godliness within ourselves. What we're trusting within ourselves is the way God expresses Himself through us. 
There is a koach, there is the ability to live a life that there is nothing opposing me. There is no force, there is no opposition, there is no friction, there is no tension, there is no battling. That is inside each and every one of us. We have that capacity for that level of serenity and of peacefulness and of peace of mind to know that whatever news and whatever people and whatever challenges that I'm able to not forfeit my sanity and my well-being and my relationships and my happiness, that that voice of God is in me, that Chaya Olam Neta B'Sochenu, it's planted in me. I have the capacity to tap into a place and a worldview and a lifestyle, She'ein Hisnagdus, that there is nothing opposing me, that there's no force that I have to overcome. So you'll listen and you'll say to me, that's nice in theory, I tune in every Wednesday morning, but that doesn't help me when the world feels like it's caving in. That doesn't help me when I'm getting bad news. That doesn't help me when I'm fearful of what will be. That doesn't help me when I have to confront a reality that I really wish weren't. So the choice is, so the answer is, no, it's your choice. It does apply. That's when it most applies. It is a choice that we make. Yesterday my family was, was waiting for something and it was a little bit, uh, bit um, anxiety-ridden. And I said, everybody put your phone on airplane mode. We're doing three minutes. Not everybody cooperated, but that's par for the course. But those who did, we turned our phones on airplane mode, sat and we closed our eyes, and we did our three minutes of deep breathing, of feeling every muscle relax, of letting go and letting God, of saying, okay, and what's the scenario if it turns out like this and turns out like that, and that's part of Hashem's master plan, and no matter what will be, it's no problem. We can navigate it because it's the way He wants it to be. It's not a problem. We got this. We got this. And I can't speak for the others, but I'll tell you this. The moment I put my phone back on, when the three-minute buzzer went off, I felt like a different person. That's all it took was three minutes of some deep breaths. That's all it took was three minutes of letting go. That's all it took was three minutes of recalibrating and re-anchoring and resetting. That's all it took. Sometimes we get to a place that we work ourselves up and we can't even see the truth or the clarity which is right in front of our eyes. We have within ourselves the ability to live a life. There is nothing opposing us. There's nothing that could stop us because whatever it is, even when it feels like an obstacle or a battle, is what's meant to be. So that battle, that obstacle, it's not there for us to stop us. It's there to be a springboard for us. You know, if you're running and you see something in front of you, you could, it could look like an obstacle that's going to trip you up. Or you could see it as a trampoline that you're going to step on, you're going to jump on it, and it's going to propel you even higher and even further and even farther, even faster. So that's the choice that we have. Are the things that stand in our way obstacles or trampolines? Are they trying to block us or are they ready to launch us? Are they opportunities and invitations for growth, to break through, to realize a part of ourselves, to roll with the punches, to figure it out, to get through it, and to let go and trust in Hashem, taking all the initiative and precautions that we need to? Are they obstacles that want to trip us up or are they trampolines that want to propel us up? And the answer to that question is not anyone around us can provide. Not your spouse, not your children, not your teacher, not your principal, not your doctor, not your lawyer, not your... There's nobody around you who could provide the answer to that question other than you. You and me, you and I. We answer that question for ourselves. Will whatever life has thrown our way become an obstacle that trips us or a trampoline that propels us? It's your choice. It's your choice. There are people who are capable of living lives of saying there's nothing, there are no, there are no obstacles. There's nothing ever that stands in my way. And that is, that is our mission. That is our mission. Our other mission is to figure out what we're up to when we lost our place. This nitzutz, this spark, there is that divine spark, and it is delicious. 
when you realize it, when you tap into it, when you express it, when you let go and let God and you feel that calm that just rushes over you. Have you ever had to take, okay, sometimes there are examples or metaphors that come to my mind and even as I say them, I debate the wisdom of sharing them and this is one of them, but I'll tell you anyway. Have you ever had to take Oxycontin or a um, narcotic did you ever like have a root canal or did you ever, God forbid, have a surgery and you needed to take a narcotic like an Oxycontin legally prescribed for you, prescribed for you, not someone else in your house, and you're taking it legally and you're taking the amount you're supposed to be taking. We all know that we have the pharmacy in our, in our you know, bathroom closet of all the medicines anyone was ever prescribed in case we need to tap into it. But I don't endorse that or condone that, of course. Anyway, if you've ever had to take, you ever had to take a Percocet, an Oxycontin? I don't know, I've, I've had to, and I will tell you, the feeling I have when I take it is 15 minutes after you swallow that pill, there's this like warmth and calm that washes over you. Your head gets a little bit light, your head brain starts to spin, and there's like, ooh. There's a reason people become addicted to it. There's a reason people become attached to it. Because whatever anxiousness, whatever tension, whatever pain that you are enduring, it gives you the ability to let it go and let it out. And you're washed over with this sense of like a calm and a peace and a warmth. And either you fall right asleep or you have insomnia from it. Different people react differently. But it's a delicious feeling. And this nitsutz kedosha, this spark of holiness, the ability to express that which within us, to never feel, to never feel as an obstacle. There's nothing in my way. Right? A moment ago, I was battling and worried and fearful and trying to work it all out. And I was sweating and my blood pressure was through the roof. And, my, and then all of a sudden, I took my breaths and my three minutes and I woke up, I, I opened my eyes. And now there's a warmth and a calm that washes over me that says, no, there's a master plan here and it's going to work out and it's good to go. And I'm completely calm and serene and I have nothing to worry about. That is the nitzot ha'eloki. That's kayim etzokol adam benafsho. It is the godly spark and spirit that is found within the soul of everybody. Says of Schwartz, that holy spark it's within us, and we've all made contact with it. We all know it's there. But you know what happens? We mislabel it. We miscredit it. We think, why am I so confident? Let's go back to our silly coffee example, which now cold. Why am I so confident I can make my coffee, drink it to my lips, and go through the exercise of having a delicious cup of coffee safely and smoothly? Because I think, I got this. I got this. No matter how clumsy, no matter how uncoordinated, unathletic I may be, I got this. I can put the pod in the machine. I can put the butt, press the button. I can lift the cup. I can enjoy the coffee. I got this. It's all about me. I got this. I, I, I. I got this. I got this. So says of Schwartz, you're partially right. Staying calm and not seeing making a cup of coffee as a challenge, as a battle, as an obstacle, that part you're right. But who's the one who's got this? It's not you, but God. You know when you find that out? The day that, God forbid, God forbid, your hand starts to shake and you can't successfully have that cup of coffee and bring it to your lips without spilling it all over your shirt. God forbid, God forbid. The day that something goes wrong and the machine breaks down and you're desperate for a cup of coffee, but your fakakta, fashtinkin, the machine won't work. That's the day when you realize, I don't got this. When I tore my Achilles a couple years ago and I spent six months after surgery, miserable with rehabilitation, I couldn't carry my cup of coffee from the Kerrig to my desk or to the table because I was trying to balance on a knee scooter and if I had tried to do a cup of coffee, trust me, I would pay for it. So you know when you realize, I don't got this? 
and it's not smooth sailing because of me. It's only by the graciousness and goodness of God that go I've, even for a cup of coffee, is when that ability is taken from you. When the machine breaks down, or when there's no more coffee and nobody replenished the cabinet the pods, or when, or when, God forbid, your hand develops a tremble and you can't lift a cup to your lips, or you're on a knee scooter because you had surgery and you can't carry it across a room, that's when you realize. That's when you re- So why do we have to wait for it? Why does it have to come to that? Can't we even when, thank God, we're healthy and we have the ability to make and sip a cup of coffee, can't we recognize and realize and can't we say out loud with gratitude, Hashem, thank you for allowing me to have a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. You know when you realize how much you need that cup of coffee? When that fast day, you have the massive migraine. And by the time the fast is over, all you want is a cup of coffee. My kids know my refrain. When the fast is ending and everybody's texting what they want for the breakfast, my kids know for many years now, oh, every, every fast I write, all I need is a cup of coffee and I could fast another day. All I need is a cup of coffee. The day you don't get your coffee, I seem a little obsessed with coffee. The day that you can't get your cup of coffee is when you've come to realize how much you need your coffee. I'm giving this as a s- silly, silly example, but it's an example hopefully we can all relate to. So we never think about the coffee. If we think about it, the reason we're confident about it is because we think, I got this. The more we think about it, the more we should realize, I don't got this. And just like with the cup of coffee that I never think or worry about, and the real reason is because I know that Hashem has it, that is the same attitude and mentality we should bring to every other area of our life. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to stress about it. Not because I got this, but because Hashem has this. So we're half right not stressing or worrying. We're just wrong with why we're not stressing or worrying or who gets the credit. The answer is not us. The answer is Hashem. It's the Nitzotza Eloki. It is that godly, divine spark and spirit. Oh, I love this last line of our section here. Schwartz writes this so beautifully and so poetically. Inside us, Chaye Olam Nata Inside us is this divine spark and divine spirit that faces no battles, no obstacles, no tension, no friction, but is a smooth sailing, is a harmony and peace to the universe. Just like I take my cup of coffee, so too I don't worry about anything else. Inside of us is that. But what happens? It's covered by layers, layers of, of blemished and stained and hardened life, clothing, spiritual clothing, so to say. So the Nitzotz Eloki the divine spirit and spark, it's inside of us. The more that we can bring it to the surface, the more that we can express it outwardly, the more we can live this life. But the deeper it is embedded, the more layers there are that are covering it, the less we have to access it when we need it and when we need it the most. And so our mission and our mandate, the whole purpose, the motto or, or statement of, of living with Amuna on Wednesday mornings is peeling back the layers and revealing the divine spark is coming together to work out and exercise and make that spark shine through, burst through whatever's blocking it in our life, whatever cynicism or sarcasm, whatever people or thoughts, whatever experiences that try to bury that spark deeper and deeper. And we get together on Wednesday mornings, but it's on each and every one of us. Every time we open the Siddur or the Tehillim, every time we put the phone on airplane mode and do our three minutes of deep breathing, whatever it is for you, meditation, yoga, going for a walk, opening a Sefer or a Siddur, and recalibrating that compass, going back to neutral, getting back to our anchor, which is that Hashem is inside us and Hashem is all around, and therefore there is nothing to be worried about. That we can not live a life of, of battle, but there's a life of peace and harmony 
Because poshet es halavushim, you take off the clothing ha'achurim that are disgusting, repulsive, that are just blemished and soiled. Umegala besoch atzmo, and we reveal within ourselves ha'nitzotz ha'eloki, that divine spark and spirit. Shemeir bo bitachon emes, bekoach she'in lo hisnagdus, that illuminates a truth and a trust, a faith, a strength that has no obstacles. So every one of us can be a superhero. You know, if we just go into that phone booth and tear off our tear open our shirt, you're Superman and Superwoman, every one of us. We are we are superheroes, that nothing can stop us, that we have this super strength that we can employ. And that super strength that we employ is realizing that we have no strength. It's paradoxical. The super strength that we employ when we go in the phone booth and tear open our shirt and reveal the big S Superman, Superwoman, is I don't have to worry about anything. I'm not facing anything that could bring me down. There are no battles, challenges, or obstacles. Whatever comes my way, I will and I can deal with it. And I don't have to worry because I have Hashem. Oh, how timely also. This was written several years ago. But he says, So now that this is like number 175, 170, 180, I don't remember what number of living with Amuna, now we can define what Bitachon is, now that we're this far in. And says Rav Schwartz, you know what it is? Havoda, Harishona, the Rashis Havoda, the beginning of working on faith, the beginning of working on faith is not actually working on faith. It's working on peeling back and removing the layers that are blocking our accessing the faith that we already have. We have faith. We don't worry about sipping the cup of coffee. You don't worry about the brakes working in the car. You don't worry about the medicine, the food you picked up from the restaurant. We are living with faith in our lives a gazillion times a day. How many things have we done today that we had faith that what we were doing would work out and it was second nature, we didn't worry about it. So we already have faith in our lives in a million and one different ways. What we need to do to work on on faith in Him is not to introduce the concept of faith but to remove the layers and the obstacles that are blocking us from expressing it towards Him. Is removing and disrobing from the layers of disgusting, repulsive, soiled clothing. That are covering and the masks. The masks that are masking, that are covering, that are hiding Him from us. He's there and we have faith. We just need to link the two by removing that which is blocking. So when you feel worried and, and, and afraid, go to the Arm Ir Miklat. Go to the city of refuge called Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. The six cities of refuge and the six words of Shema. All you have to do is meditate. Close your eyes, airplane mode, three minutes of deep breathing. Shema Yisrael. Listen, you Yid. Listen, you obstinate, stubborn person. Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem is your God. And Hashem is Echad. The whole universe is operating in harmony with Him. It's oneness. So therefore, there's nothing to be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid. The same faith we show in so many other areas, we can show that same sense of faith here. And when we do, we have nothing to worry about. And the life that will live, your blood pressure will go down, your pulse will go down, your happiness will go up, your envy, your anger, your arrogance, your relationships will be richer and better. The solution, the answer is to be a superhero. It's within us. We're, we're wearing the superhero uniform. It's just under our clothing. So disrobe of the layers of clothing of arrogance and reveal the superhero clothing of the one who puts their faith in Hashem. Wishing everyone a happy, a healthy, and a holy day. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Join us tonight, 9 p.m. We're going behind the bima with the great 
the amazingly motivational and inspirational Charlie Harari. You don't want to miss it. Nine o'clock tonight behind the Bima. Wishing everyone a fantastic day.